Hello, football fans. Welcome to That Football Show. All right, so what I've done is I've taken the current USFL rosters and determined a preseason power ranking. This is the very first season, so we don't really have a lot of information on these players other than what they've done in past leagues. We don't know how their teams are going to play together. We don't know how the coaches will respond to the, the different rules than what they're used to, but the league kicks off on April 16th. So I'm recording this on April 7th. The league kicks off on April 16th. Here is my opening inaugural power rankings. The number one team, in my opinion, and I've been high on these guys since the draft, is the Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, so they're number one. Uh, the Bandits are carrying a full roster of talent into the USFL. Uh, Jordan Tayamu was a rock star in the NFL or the XFL. He has the intangibles to be exciting in the USFL. He also has some very talented weapons, including John Franklin III from FAU. He will be a monster target. The guy is lightning fast, can blow the top off of a defense. The offensive line is massive. They average 328 pounds across the front five. It's the largest offensive line in the league. Now, this does include, and excuse the average a little bit, Indiana State's tackle, uh, who stands at six foot four and weighs 375 pounds. So that's one of the tackles playing for Tampa Bay. On the D line, John Adkins, who played at Georgia, will be the the force to be reckoned with. He will terrorize opponent offensive opponent uh, offensive line line. Uh, he he'll he'll be the stud in the middle, uh, nose guard, defensive tackle, powering through offensive lines and, and causing havoc in the backfield. So Tampa Bay, that's the number one team. Number two, I've got the Philadelphia Stars. Philadelphia Stars are carrying 26 players out of 45 that played in college Power 5, NCAA Power 5 conferences, including Jacob Burton, the six foot six, 312-pound tackle from Baylor, uh, he'll represent a strong uh, tackle position. On the other side, uh, Blake Camper from South Carolina, the the USC Gamecocks, um, will be. Those are going to be the two tackles. These two will be excellent in pass coverage, uh, pass blocking. The only thing that's really the differentiation between Tampa and Philadelphia is in the skill positions. Now, t- Philly has some talent at wide receiver deandre overton from clemson and chris rowland from tennessee state but the quarterback situation is probably the biggest a, a lot of people are talking about brian scott saying you know he could be the the aaron Rodgers of this league i i don't know enough about him to to give him that nod i do know that jordan Tayamu for tampa has been great in some of these alternative leagues um, but I don't know much about Brian Scott. And then they've also got Case Cookus uh, would be the number two quarterback. So if one of those guys can can turn it on, you could see Philadelphia jump over Tampa Bay and take the number one spot after the season begins. Uh, the number three team on my list, the New Orleans Breakers. 
the breakers uh, are they seem to be kind of a fan favorite they're they're catching some excitement uh, Sean Poindexter and Johnny Dixon are the speedy receivers that this team has but they also have TJ Logan jr he played running back at North Carolina uh, he'll be the future back on this team. He did some time in the NFL, bounced around a few practice squads, made a few game squads, uh, but he has very shifty, quick feet in the hole at the at the point of attack. So uh, watch out for TJ Logan. The Breakers, Breakers have some powerhouse offensive linemen as well. Donnell Green from the University of Minnesota, six foot five, three hundred thirty-five pound offensive tackle. He started ten games in his senior season for a team that scored 29 points a game, which is one of the most in Minnesota Golden Gopher history. He was a three-year starter at Minnesota and will offer incredible protection for the quarterback, which I believe will be Kyle Slaughter. Uh, He played at Northern Colorado. He's been around a few leagues here and there, um, but I I think that the the offense here is going to be pretty good. Now that on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they are actually carrying uh, not a very big defensive line, and they're only carrying three linebackers. So you could see them have to dip into free agency a little bit as the season goes on, as these guys get uh, the wear and tear of a 10-game season uh, hits them. They you know they could wear down. They could need to uh, go out and, and pick up somebody. And, and in a league like this, it's going to be tough to go out and, and get another player when your team culture hasn't really been established. Uh, the longevity of the league hasn't been established. So to go into free agency and try to find a linebacker that could potentially start for, for um, you know, a banged up player is going to be, it's going to be difficult at best. Next, I've got the Michigan Panthers. They're the number four team on this list. Panthers are bringing one of the most notable players in the USFL, Paxton Lynch. He was an NFL starting quarterback. He started four games for the Denver Broncos in 2016 and 2017. Uh, He went one and three in those games through almost 800 yards, four touchdowns, four picks, nothing exciting, nothing horrible, but he's an NFL starting quarterback. Uh, He he did play three years at the University of Memphis. He threw for almost 9,000 yards, 59 touchdowns. He also ran for 17 touchdowns, including 13 in his junior season. But I don't even know if this guy's going to be the starter because with the very first pick in the USFL draft, Michigan took Shea Patterson and Michigan had the first pick. And the way that the draft worked is the entire first round and second round were quarterbacks with Shea Patterson going first and Paxton Lynch still being there at the end of the second round makes me think none of these teams really thought much of Paxton Lynch in his uh, combine tryout type stuff. So Shea Patterson was the first pick. Now, I don't know how much of that is, you know, uh, a a glamour pick with Michigan Panthers being in Michigan. Shea Patterson went to the University of Michigan. Are they just trying to sell tickets in the future? I don't know. Shea Patterson was fine uh, at Michigan. He played some time in Canada. Uh, but I'm not sure which one of these guys is going to be the starter. Front seven is going to be a game changer for Michigan. Um, front and center is going to be TJ Carter from Kentucky or Jaquan Bailey from Iowa State. These guys are going to be uh, playing defensive tackle. They'll probably both be in. They'll rotate through. Um, but these are some young guns that are going to be clogging up the middle of the field. At running back, we'll probably see a mix and match from three uh, pretty solid 
college running backs, Reggie Corbin from Illinois, Stevie Scott from Indiana, and then Cameron Scarlett from Stanford. Those are going to be the three running backs on this Michigan Panther team that will all take a shot at eventually earning the starting role. So that's Michigan. Uh, the, the next team I've got at five is the Houston Gamblers. Houston Gamblers at five, that means they're on the outside looking in at the playoffs, um, but they could jump in. They're going to live or die on the arm of their quarterback, Clayton Thorson. He's a six foot four quarterback. He played at Northwestern. He is a gamer. Clayton bounced around a few practice squads in the NFL. He was drafted in the fifth round by the Philadelphia Eagles. He had a strong career at Northwestern, but it was at Northwestern. Um, they're, they're not really known for churning out incredible uh, talented quarterbacks. Now, Clayton's favorite target is probably going to be Anthony Ratliff Williams. He was a wide receiver at North Carolina. This dude was an all ACC kickoff returner. He is probably one of the fastest receivers in this league. Uh, if they can get him the ball, he has the speed to be explosive. He did have a case of the drops as he went through North Carolina, which is probably what kept him out of the NFL rosters. Uh, but this dude, if he has that figured out, he is going to be tough for the Houston Gamblers. The next team I've got, number six, is the Pittsburgh Maulers. Uh, Kyle Loletta was a big find for Pittsburgh. He played really well in the XFL. He should be successful in the USFL. Uh, he also did some time on practice squads and bounced around in the NFL. Um, but the biggest piece of the puzzle for Pittsburgh is going to be the defensive line. They are bringing in the largest defensive line. Uh, with an average weight of over 280 pounds. And this includes the 341 pound, six foot two, Olive Sagapalua, um, obviously a, a Filipino or a, a, a Hawaiian a Pacific Islander from Wisconsin. This guy uh, is a monster and he's going to be playing defensive tackle for these guys. Now protecting Kyle on the other side of the ball are some big boys. They've got Vidal Alexander out of LSU being the biggest guy, six foot five, 336 pounds, uh, is what he weighed in at the USFL combine. So they've got some, some big boys up front. Uh, they are one of the few teams that's actually carrying a true fullback Winston Demel from Kansas state, uh, which makes me think Pittsburgh is going to be running a lot of I formation, traditional two receiver, one tight end, personnel groups. The receivers don't look particularly exciting, but Matt Siebert played tight end at Michigan State, had a good career at Michigan State. Uh, he's going to be playing tight end for Pittsburgh. So if he can gel with Kyle Oletta, uh, this this team could be pretty tough. Um, getting Matt Siebert open across the middle in space is going to generate points. So Pittsburgh has a shot. They're uh, sixth on the power rankings going into the season but they could develop a decent run game, a decent pass game, and climb the ranks. At number seven, I've got the New Jersey Generals. The Generals are bringing in, uh, out of their 45 players, the largest group of players that did not play in Division I or FBS football. They played in FCS or Division II, uh, 19 players. It's not really, probably not super important, but is it, it is an interesting uh, statistic. A big move just occurred in the last week where Luis Perez was brought in to run this offense. He was another XFL superstar, and he could have continued success in this league. Uh, we'll need to get the playbook under his belt pretty quickly and develop a 
a relationship with another newcomer that they just brought in, the tight end Woody Brandom. Uh, so he, both those guys just showed up at general practice last week. Darius Shepard is going to be the wide receiver to watch. He was a burner from North Dakota State, so he'll be fun. Um, he can connect well with Luis Perez, and I think they can have a lot of fun. Front seven, you've got uh, um, another um, incredibly hard name to pronounce, Kalani Vacamalilio. I don't know. Oregon State. He played uh, played at Oregon State. 322-pound defensive tackle. This dude is a monster, um, so he could he could earn some stripes here for the generals. The last team on my list is the Birmingham stallions, the host team, uh, Alex McGo, M C G O U G H McGo, uh, great talent. He is a incredible quarterback. Um, he's their only hope in my opinion. He'll probably throw the ball out to Victor Bolden jr. Uh, that's probably where most of the passes will be going. Birmingham will be able to, to score points with those two guys. Um, but the problem with this team is the defense. I don't know if they're going to be able to stop anybody. Front seven is small, and it's actually a little bit older than other teams. Jonathan Newsom uh, from Ball State, he's 31 years old. He's going to be playing defensive end. And then Aaron Adioe from Southeast Missouri State is 28. He'll be on the other side of the ball uh, or on the other end of the defensive line. Um, so those are the two defensive linemen. Brightest star on this defense, they do have Scooby Wright. Scooby Wright uh, bounced around on some other uh, NFL practice squads, but you probably remember that it's a pretty um, easy to remember name, Scooby Wright. Uh, he did play in the XFL for the DC Defenders. Fun to watch, makes plays. He has a legitimate shot to lead this league in tackles. Uh, so Scooby Wright um, from Arizona will be calling the defense there for the Birmingham Stallions. So this is the very first inaugural power ranking for the USFL. I intend to do this weekly as the season gets started. USFL season is kicking off on April 16th. That's the day before Easter. They've got one game that night, and then they'll have three games on Easter Sunday. Um, I think noon four and eight are those games, and they are most of them are going to be broadcast uh, on, on local tele, on Fox. Um, there are some games that are going to bounce onto some of the cable channels, but we should see a game on basic television every week out of the USFL. So I'm excited for it. I'd like to know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter, email me, uh, let me know what you think of this power ranking and what you want to hear more of. And that is it for today's show, folks. Check us out on Twitter at TFB show. That's that football show TFB show. Uh, you can hit up our blog, thatfootballshow.weebly.com. And as always, you can shoot me an email directly and I will reply to you. It's thatfootballshow at aol.com. Thatfootballshow at aol.com. Thanks for listening.